Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Final good ceiling and, uh, well, not necessarily a happy Yom Kippur to all, all of you out there that, well, it, again, it's not really celebrate. Suffer? Atone? Who's atoning out there? What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Believe and Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network. I actually don't know what Believe Podcast Network would be in Hebrew. Um, I'll have to put that into the old cha- translator. Anyways, the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast home for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Shalom, everybody. Again, it is Yom Kippur to all of you that celebrate out there. It is the Day of Atonement, and I have a great show on tap for you today, talking about the player I'm most excited to see play for KU this upcoming season, a little scheduled news, a little bit of news on what you maybe should expect for Kansas coming on up, and then our Big 12 previews roll on through to Fort Worth. So you know what that means. We're getting purple up in here, except we did K-State last week, the other team that wears purple in the conference. Yes, I don't know if you're fasting out there. I don't know what the percentage of people out there that would be dealing with Yom Kippur today, but it is the holiest of holy days for the Jews out there. Myself, if you're wondering, I am not performing right now under a fast. I'm not fasting today. Yeah, I've, I've done it before. I've done it a few times over the course of my life. I've done it a good amount of times, I should say. Um, but I needed to be at my best for today. I need to expend some energy. And frankly, I've fasted. I have atoned for my sins in the past. And you know what? <laughs> the world the world still sucks. So whatever, right? <laughs> big big whoop. Uh-oh, I didn't atone for my sins. I wonder what could go worse, right? <laughs> if you'll allow me a, a little moment here. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I did. I, I fasted in October 2019. It's not the same date. It's not like December 25th every single year for a certain holiday out there. It's on the lunar calendar. No big deal. September this year. It's October in 2019. I did the fasting thing. I atoned for my sins. And 2020 went so great, right? But I was doing it that day, and then I went to a baseball playoff game, went to a Dodgers playoff game that day, mid-fasting. And if you're not familiar, you are supposed to break your fast at sundown. You see three stars in the sky or something like that. So I'm fasting. I'm in Los Angeles. Not only is there, of course, light pollution, so you can't see those stars when you might be able to in other places, Um, but I'm at a playoff game. It's tense. It's intense. You know, you're already fasting. You're already a little bit grumpy. And then, of course, you're at a ballpark, right? So you've got the hot dog smells. You've got the garlic fries over there. You've got the peanuts, the Cracker Jacks, the whole nine yards. It was a tough experience. And on top of that, you're playing the Washington Nationals. Game five, winner take all, uh, National League Division Series. 
heartbreaking loss, extra innings. So that was that was just a really, truly awful day, and I think the Lord was really punishing me for something. Of course, little did we know what was in store over the next 12 months. So that's a that's really a little something, a little dive into my past Yom Kippur experiences. But enough of that. If you want to get at me, if you want to tell me about your Yom Kippur experiences and your fasting experiences, maybe you're not even Jewish. Maybe you just had to fast for some reason. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Nasty 90 Instagram at Jonas N 310. I don't know. I felt the need to switch it up on the gram, but that's where you can shoot me questions, concerns, comments, um, anything. Social media, right? It's a terrible place. So let's get right to it. That's a little background. It's a little fun. We're having fun. We're laughing. We're laughing at my expense. But let's get to the nitty gritty. So the articles are starting to come out. It is Kansas basketball boot camp time, which means two things. One, this is like the one time for a player, for a Kansas basketball player, where you really you second guess joining this, this program. This is the one time where the benefits maybe don't necessarily outweigh what you're dealing with. The boot camps are stuff of legend. Bill Self's boot camps, they wake up at the butt crack of dawn. They're running. They're throwing up. They're running some more. There's more throw up. They supposedly have like the trash cans in the gym for when those guys are heaving cookies. And yeah, so it means that it's a tough time to be a player, but it also means this is sort of the unofficial start of when you can really get excited that college basketball is somewhat around the corner. Again, I know it's mid-September, like literally September 16th. We're actually beyond the halfway point, but the boot camp means they're getting ready to practice. That means we're very close to late night in the fog, which of course is the precursor to the season starting. So that's really cool. Of course, that means it's preseason. That means that these guys are talking to the media. And of course, that means that everything is sunshine and rainbows in terms of quotations. Every team thinks they're going to go 40 and and 0 this year. Every team thinks they have a shot at a conference title or a national championship. It's all going to be positive. You're not going to see a coach. You're not going to see a player go up to the podium and be like, yeah, let me tell you, we cannot shoot worth a lick. (laughs) Our defense, terrible. Why are we even going to bother playing the season? No, it's all for the most part going to be we're gelling well. The newcomers look good. You have really good chemistry. This could be something special, right? But I am happy to see the articles that are coming out today, actually, about Kansas's newest point guard, Remy Martin. And this was sent to me this morning. And it sort of emphasized what I'm already looking forward to. I really have to take a look at the rotation and the roster and these actually will be some really interesting preseason exhibition games for Kansas. Because I feel like most years, Jayhawk fans go into a season knowing what's the starting lineup going to be. And I think that's somewhat going to be the case this year. Like right off the bat, let's just say Ochai Abaji, Remy Martin, previously mentioned, we'll get to him in a second, Jalen Wilson, Dave McCormack, and probably Christian Brown, right? 
So there you go. But I do feel like there's spots up for grab. I do. But the one spot I think is really solidified is that point guard position. And if out of all the transfers, and there was there were some big ones, I think Remy Martin coming to Kansas could be the most impactful. And that's why I am the most excited to see him play as a Jayhawk. I've sort of talked about it before. I've mentioned the points of a, a, a really ball-dominant scoring point guard in Bill Self's teams and in, in, in his system. But look, I'm going to get to it again and why I'm most excited about it. You could say maybe I, I, you could be more excited to see like the next step that Jalen Wilson's going to take. Is he the player we saw at the beginning of the season? Is he a guy that was literally, I mean, this is not hyperbole. Dude, like the first week or two of the season, and I know it's a small sample size, but that's what we were working on at the time. He was a top 10 player in the country. Then he hit a brick wall. He got scouted. He got a freshman wall, whatever it was. And he stank the rest of the year. He did. David McCormack. Which player is he? I'm excited to see David. I'm excited to see Big Mac. Because he really came on strong at the end of the year. We rode him pretty hard at the beginning of the season. And following that beatdown versus Texas, they like doubled KU score. He was a new man. He was a solid center, a force. And I love post play. I do. Gets me off. But no, the guy I'm most excited to watch is Remy Martin. Saw him at Arizona State. Saw him at Arizona State playing against Kansas. And he wrecked the Jayhawks twice. He's a fireball. He is passionate, and he's just a good player. Yes, I know in this era, if you're a senior and you're still in school, it's sort of like, what's wrong with this guy? little undersized, that's fine. And you know who Ochai Abaji compared him to? He said, yeah. You know, I, I watch him play. I see how he gets downhill. I see how he gets to the basket. Reminds me a little bit of Devon Dotson. I'm like, whoa. Easy there. Now, Remy Martin, he hovered sort of around 19 points, four assists, three boards a game in the last couple seasons. So he knows how to score. The difference is, I think Remy Martin might be a better outside shooter, slightly. He's not a perfect outside shooter, but we knew and we know that Devon Dotson, again, could make an outside shot, could make a three, but that's not what you preferred. And, of course, the difference between the two is Devon Dotson couldn't necessarily shoot threes consistently, but if he decided to turn and go to the basket, you weren't going to stop him. Too fast, too furious. Remy Martin doesn't have that speed. Hell, no one has that speed. It's fine. Devon Dotson was a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-an-opportunity athlete with those kind of wheels. But I, Remy can score. He's a natural leader. His passion and energy is going to rub off on the Allen Fieldhouse crowd immediately. He's going to get the place going, and it's going to be amazing. Can't watch him. Can't wait to watch him play. I think he is going to be the key to what could be a really excellent season. I liked the move to get Joseph Yasefu, the other point guard. 
I like the fact that Kansas is going to have the ball in the hands of true point guards. Again, Marcus Garrett just wasn't his role, and it's fine. And if you need to, you also have Dewan Harris, right? A pure point guard, not the scoring guard that you're going to get perhaps out of Yasefu and Remy Martin, but the pure point guard if you just need to calm things down, take a little air out of the ball, someone that just knows how to play the game. So I can't wait to watch. Now, I'm not a big bracketology guy, especially this time of year, but I'm bringing this up because I got the article yesterday. And I like to give people sort of an insight on what to sort of expect for the season. Like, I'm sticking at the cream of the crop here, right at the top of the bracket. Just so you know who Joe Lenardi is projecting. And look, he's got Kansas as a one seed right now. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> if you weren't looking forward to the season, go ahead. You can start now. The other one seeds, and this is the reason I'm bringing this up, Mostly Gonzaga. Sure. We get it. UCLA. Okay. To be completely honest, I'm, I'm just not believing in it yet at UCLA, which I know is kind of weird to say. It's like they took Gonzaga to overtime. They lost on a miracle to a team of destiny, but UCLA, a team that lost a lot of close games leading into the tournament, but there's a reason they were an 11 seed, right? And from that point on, they just had a little bit of magic leading up to the final four. So we'll see. But for the time being, UCLA is also a one seed. And the fourth one seed right now listed in bracketology is Texas. And I bring that up. One, so you know that the Big 12 is going to be tough, right? But also, Kansas has its full schedule out now. You want to know which game to go to and where? Don't know when or what time, I should say. It's now released. This was released uh, yesterday, on Wednesday. And the reason I'm talking about Texas is right there, senior day, last game of the regular season in the Fieldhouse, Chris Beard and assistant coach Jaron Howard, former Jayhawk, or former Jayhawk coach. There it is. March 5th, Texas. That could be a game to determine the Big 12 title. And wouldn't that be something? We also know that Kansas has that amazing and wonderful senior night streak going on. If you're wondering about just the home slate overall, it's a pretty solid one. Again, if you're if you're in the area, if you're looking to get tickets, there's some really good options. Of course, you have your Tarleton States. You have UTEP, the Miners, Stephen F. Austin, Stephen freaking Austin. The Lumberjacks are coming to town. Really busy holiday period for KU, by the way, in the Fieldhouse. December 29th, one day after my dad's birthday. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard will be coming in December 29th. It's going to be really weird for Harvard to take on a team full of guys who are smarter than them. That's going to be crazy. And then January 1st, bang, right there. 2022, how you doing? Let's play some basketball. First game of Big 12 season, TCU coming to Lawrence. We're going to talk about TCU in just a second. Maybe you could be at your New Year's Eve party being like, hey, 
before I smooch you here at midnight, here's some facts before the game tomorrow. How about Mike Miles? How about that guard? We're going to have to watch out for him tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm doing these Big 12 previews. I do it for you. Also coming to the field house in non-conference play. December 11th. Here come the Tigers. They're back, unfortunately. Didn't want to do this game. I feel like this is letting Mizzou off the hook, but Mizzou's coming in December 11th. I will be tuned in for that one. And then January 29th, the annual Big 12 SEC Challenge. You knew this. I knew this. I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's Kentucky. So that's a really good home slate. Mizzou. Harvard, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be fun to watch Harvard regardless. And to KU, for whatever reason, that's a tough time with the Ivy League schools. Remember when Cornell almost came in and almost beat them? They didn't almost come in. They did visit Allen Fieldhouse, and they almost beat Kansas. I remember that. I hated that game. Then, of course, you have your Big 12 slate. West Virginia is always fun. Baylor coming in. They had some success last year you may have heard about. The K-State game. The K-State home game, by the way. It's February 22nd, a little late in the game. In fact, that's one month removed from the visit to Manhattan. And how about this stretch? Kansas will end the regular season. This is this is really going to probably get this is really probably going to define the season. Kansas will their last 5 games of the regular season at West Virginia, UG, hosting K-State Rivalry game. They may stink, but it's always tough. At Baylor. At TCU. So a road game. And then hosting Texas. Those are two elite teams in Baylor and Texas. And then a rivalry game and a road game in West Virginia. That's never any fun. Kansas is going to have to earn their Big 12 title. That's for sure. Also, if you're wondering, I love Big Mondays. Kansas will be on four Big Mondays this year. January 17th at Oklahoma. At home on the 24th against Texas Tech. February 7th at Texas. National audience for that one. And then, gentlemen, I've got the perfect idea for Valentine's Day for you. February 14th, Big Monday, baby. Oklahoma State comes to Allen Fieldhouse. Mm, The romance will be in the air. Hey, doll, I know you wanted to go to that really fancy restaurant tonight. How about this? (laughs) Here come the Cowboys. I'll see you there. Should be fun. Looks like a really, should be a really fun season at Allen Fieldhouse this year. Kentucky, Harvard, Mizzou, and of course the Big 12 games. I know everyone else is like, who cares about Harvard coming in? I don't know. I just think it's fun. It's like, you know, you're looking at future leaders of our nation, but it's also really fun to see them get like dunked on. Take that. You trust fun, baby. I take it back. I'm sure the people at Harvard. Look, it's a whole, whole nother world out there. Anyways, should we talk about the Big 12 previews? Should we talk about TCU? Let's do it. Your TCU Horn Frogs. Remember, if you have any thoughts, concerns, hey, 
What game are you looking forward to this year? Let me know. Twitter at Joe Nasty 90. Instagram at Jonas N 310. TCU this year went 12 and 14, 5 and 11 in conference play, but two of those wins were actually against Oklahoma State. So they swept OK State last year, which is pretty crazy. The other wins, you know, your Iowa State's. K-State, like the bottom feeders. But Cade Cunningham couldn't overcome the Horned Frogs last year. TCU, 66.8 points per game. That's 305th in the nation. 71.2 points against. That's a bad recipe. 34.6 rebounds per game, tied for 230th. 13.1 assists per game. 203rd. In the nation, they didn't score a ton and they didn't really share the ball very well. Probably weren't very good in preschool. Sharing is not their strong suit. Kansas last year obliterated them in Fort Worth and then barely won in the return game in Allen Fieldhouse, 59 to 51. TCU last year, victim to the COVID concerns, of course, they had three games canceled on top of a couple postponements as well. So a bit of a, a jump start, play now, wait, play again. And remember, Texas as a state and then all the schools in Texas had sort of a weird year last year because as a state, they had a lot of COVID concerns. And, of course, they had those power concerns. Remember, didn't like the power just go out in the entire state of Texas? And then their senator went to Mexico. Anyways, who? speaking of departures, who left TCU? Three starters. R.J. Nemhard, he gone. A name you'll probably recognize. A guard who averaged 15.7 points per game. Led the team in scoring, assists, and steals. Kevin Samuel, Samuel, the center who averaged 8.8 points per game. Led the team in rebounds per game and blocks per game. So TCU is essentially leading or losing their leaders. Also, P.J. Fuller, a guard who averaged 5.8 points per game. Those are the starters that they're losing. And on top of that, Jaden Ledee or Ledee, Kevin Easley, Taryn Todd, Taryn Frank, no relation, obviously, and Mickey Pearson. None of those guys averaged over 5.8 points per game. So a little inconsequential. Won't focus on them too much. Losing Nemhard, losing Samuel, pretty big. Those were foundations of TCU. Those were names going in that you recognized that you knew about on the scouting report, right? Who's returning for the Horn Frogs for TCU? Probably the biggest name and the biggest deal on the roster right now is Mike Miles, a rising sophomore, the guard who averaged 13.6 points per game, three and a half rebounds, and 3.1 assists. He started 21 games last year as a freshman. All Big 12 freshman team. This is a guy who very likely will be the star of this team. This could be a dangerous player for Jamie Dixon's squad. Also, solid coach, right? A guy who's been around the block, has had some really good teams over the years, especially when he was at Pitt. Chuck O'Bannon is back. Talk about a super senior. This, this guy was like a freshman in 2015, 2016, something like that. Injury problems, had the transfer, has this extra year. 
And here he is, the forward who averaged just about seven points per game. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, not a guy you really want to worry about, but he's talented. This was a McDonald's All-American at USC or going into USC. And he was the leading scorer versus Kansas in the first game in Fort Worth. He can score. He's a little soft mentally. But good bloodlines. His dad, Charles O'Bannon, you may recognize the name, former UCLA national champion. Knows how to play the game. Also coming back, Francisco Farabello, a junior guard who averaged 5.3 points per game. Again, I know that doesn't sound too daunting, but this is a guy who was highly recruited and only played in nine games last year due to COVID protocols. So if he can get the engine going, learn the ways of the Big 12, who knows? This could be a decent foundation for TCU to fall back on. And then they also bring back Eddie Lampkin, who's a sophomore center who averaged less than a point per game. Now, who is new? Basically everybody. Nine transfers this year. Jamie Dixon, TCU, really took advantage of the new rule, the new transfer rule. And they said, we're going with quantity. But as we like to say, is there quality? So who's coming in? Well, Xavier Cork. <laughs> Looking to put a cork in the troubles of TCU last year. Started 27 games for Western Carolina. 12.7 points per game. His field goal percentage of 64% led the Southern Conference. Also known as the SoCo. Then there's Emmanuel Miller coming in from a Power 5 conference in the SEC. Transferring in from Texas A&M. 16 points per game, 8 rebounds. And he actually led the SEC as well with his field goal percentage, 57%. Micah Peavy is here. Sounds like a roast. Micah Peavy is here. You may recognize that name, though. From where? He was a former top 50 recruit, and he transferred in from Texas Tech. Started 25 games last year as a freshman. 5.7 points per game. And I presume he left Texas Tech after Chris Beard went to UT, went to Austin. So that could be that could be a nice little duo right there. Miles and Peavy. And the other transfer to really keep an eye on, again, there's nine of them, is Shahada Wells, a transfer out of UT Arlington. I believe the Roadrunners. I think that's the case. UT Arlington, 16.8 points per game, 3.8 assists per game, all Sunbelt, second team. So as we see, we've seen this before last year when we were doing the Big 12 previews. Especially, I think we're going to see it a lot this year as we do these previews over the course of the next couple of weeks. You're bringing in a lot of guys with a lot of know-how, right? It's all about how it's going to translate to the Big 12. Here's the overview. I think Mike Miles and I think Mike Peavy have a chance to be a really tough duo to deal with. I do. The numbers don't lie. The talent doesn't lie. Miles had a really solid freshman year, and Micah Peavy has the pedigree. And I remember watching him last year saying, all right, this guy could be something. 
So those two, and if Chuck O'Bannon gives you anything, that's a potential dangerous trio right there, but especially Mike Miles and Micah Peavy. But this squad, TCU, is really going to test the chemistry challenge of the new transfer transfer rule, right? Returning two starters and nine transfers, that's insane. I like And like we talked about with K-State last week, there's a lot of players here that know how to score, which is what they needed, especially after a tough offensive season. And really, part of the reason why I like the Micah Peavy transfer so much is because he's coming in from within the Big 12 already. I think that's big. He knows the road trips. He knows the opposing systems. He even knows his teammates, or at least some of his teammates, decently well off of scouting reports. So with all this, with the strength of the Big 12, a top-half finish doesn't really seem likely to me, especially with other teams bringing back experienced players who also are probably just more talented, right? So bottom of the standings, but if it all clicks, and I'm a big Jamie Dixon fan, I am, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat out, say, like an Oklahoma State to get to like six, maybe even fifth in the Big 12. But that means a lot has to go right. And I'm speaking with my hands right now, even though this is an audio medium. But I'm like moving around the chess pieces like this has to go here. It's going to be perfect. They work together and boom, fifth place. So we'll see. And that is TCU. Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, let me know your thoughts on the players you're most excited for, for Kansas or maybe within the conference. It's your comment. Let me know. Either way, appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. I hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. Like I said, you can just about taste college basketball. (laughs) Maybe what I'm tasting right now is the sweat dripping off the practice jerseys of the Kansas basketball players as it is boot camp time. But hey, it all counts. As long as you feel it in your bones and you see it around the corner, that's awesome. Can't wait for the weeks ahead of us. Uh, Enjoy what's left of the warm weather wherever you may be as fall and autumn are right around the corner. We'll speak with you next week. And as always, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.